Hello, and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Craigers. Over there, you're going to find the other host. Miss Melmore. Yep, that's her right there. <laughs> and tonight is episode 57, where we're going to be saying happy holidays, chatters, mm. because... Tonight begins our first part of a three-part series on holiday horror, uh, specifically December holiday horror, and we'll be kicking things off tonight um, by talking about a horror <laughs> film. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> talking about a horror film involving a Jewish demon in order to celebrate Hanukkah. Yay! Tradition. Yes. Um, yes. If we could do Jewish musicals, this would have been much easier. Which <laughs> is plenty, plenty gorgeous. Um, show. Yes, we're going to be taking a look at um, 2007's The Possession. Yes. Uh, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan. What a better uh, way to say Happy Hanukkah. There isn't one. There isn't one. There's a better way. We, we found this is the way. <laughs> the way. So, um, before we get into that, um, we'll do some horror headlines slash catch you guys up on... Apparently, speak, I've got a horror headline already. <laughs> because yeah. I decided I was going to Google if there was such thing as a Hanukkah horror movie. And apparently, there's a 2018 trailer for a horror movie entitled Hanukkah. <laughs> Ah, so it's coming, guys, or it's already out, or it's out this week. This time next year, it's a slasher. Ah. Yeah. Now I think it's a slasher. Next year for the holiday horror. Yeah. Well, we can review Hanukkah. Hanukkah, not the the holiday. The, the holiday's sh- fine. <laughs> the movie. So there you go, kids. Wow, look out for that. <clears throat> I like that. <laughs> fine. <laughs> What do you got? I got, what do I got? Let's see. Um, I'm going to do some quickie reviews. All right. Um, In the last week, while I have been feeling gross and battling a cold and not wanting to do anything. Oh, no, you did get sick. I did. I did get sick on Thanksgiving, um, which Miss Mel came down to join me. I did. At Friendsgiving. Wonderful. Hopefully all you guys have great Thanksgivings as well. Yes, and we know that no Thanksgiving could possibly be as bad as my worst Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> so there you go. Or Thanksgiving. Or Thanksgiving. Um, check out Booze and Booze number two, if you don't know that. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I was just like, you know, and then I was home, and that was nice and lovely, but then it was like I didn't have a lot of energy for stuff, and so I just it was like... Watching some horror movies, and I watched Cam, nice. the new Netflix horror movie Cam, and that was pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, you know, it's told like uh, you know, like Friend Request and um, Unfriended. It's told like through Skype and video cams for a large portion of the the story. Nice. Um, it's also told in traditional. To traditional filmmaking lens. That was pretty good. I recommend that. And I watched um, on Amazon The Clove Hitch Killer. Oh. Um, with uh, Dylan McDermott. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a sort of like, um, they clearly modeled him after BTK, but there's a, 
there's a young boy in a, um, you know, nice suburban Christian family. And he begins to suspect that his father might be, um, an unapprehended serial killer who terrorized their town, uh, about 10 years ago. And, um, with the help of the local weird girl, um, starts investigating, um, his own dad to see hmm. if his suspicions are right. It was really good. Very slow burn. Very, um, very creepy. So, um, just two quick reviews there. And I recommend both of them. Nice. So I think we can get ready to don our yarmulkes and light our menorahs. Oh boy. You guys can get ready for eight crazy nights of... No, we're not going to review No, that eight. would be... Sorry, guys. But we've established there are not eight uh, Hanukkah horror films. Yeah. We There's really not even one. So you get one night, you get the worst present, <laughs> which... Well, this, this movie's okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, this is the trailer, shall we? Yeah, so let, let us. This is gift number one. So the possession tells the story of a nice, quaint, all-American family that has been torn apart by divorce. Uh-huh. Jeff Morgan plays our father, 
And Kira Cedric plays the super annoying mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I guess she's kind of, she, that's also the point, I think, too. As mm-hmm. I think she's supposed to be extra annoying. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It comes across, for sure. Uh, she, she communicates it. We can't, we can't say that, that she doesn't. Um, <laughs> and so, and they've, you know, they're, they're separated and they're in the process of the divorce or they're, they're, they've just finalized it. I think they're at least not living together. Yeah. They're not living together. Um, and they have two children, two girls, two daughters and, um, the, uh, the, the Brennicks, sorry, is, is the family name. And, uh, Hannah is the older daughter and Emily is the younger daughter. And, uh, mom has a new boyfriend and he's an orthodontist and he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> as orthodontists are wont to be. As orthodontists are wont to be. And um, dad is, you know, doing his thing. He's, he's trying to get back on his feet. We get the impression that he is maybe hoping to get back together with his wife. With his annoying wife. Very much moved on. With an orthodontist. Um, He's got his, he's a uh, college basketball, or, yeah, college. He's a college is basketball it, coach, right? Is it college or is it high school? Maybe he's a high school coach and he gets an all, and he gets an offer from a college. I think, like, yeah. I think I, I don't, I, he Let's coaches basketball, basketball you with the gonna, youth. You were going to move and he was like, I'm going to fuck off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. And so that's the basic setup here. There's dysfunction. Um, that's going on. And um, so this movie, um, 2007, or 2012. I yeah, wow, that. you were. Why? <laughs> I'm so off. Where did I get seven? Um, 2012, The Possession. This is um, a, a year before The Conjuring, guys. So at this point, when The Possession comes out, everybody is kind of like, Really? <laughs> is there like is it is there anything that you can even do anymore with like the possession genre and like the the supernatural sort of like ghost inhabiting children thing? Like it's been done and it's been done it was done the best the first time with the exorcist, so this was one of those, like, really, what's happening? It was before The Conjuring had sort of revitalized this this subgenre. But for all of that, which is a solid criticism, I think, I think this movie is okay. I don't, I mean, I think it's entertaining. Yeah. And I, I enjoy the, the mood of it and the, the overall just vibe. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not overtly stupid. No, it's not overtly stupid. It's not, um, what am I trying to say? Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also doesn't cater to, um, sort of like aloof angsty teens either that we might expect from like a slasher movie around the early 2010s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's um, 
this movie was uh, financed by Ghost House Productions, which is Sam Raimi's um, production company. And I think that's one of the reasons they were able to get two big names and um, a fairly large uh, budget for a film like this. Um, Cause you know, people are like, they say, Oh, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi's got a new movie. Calm down. It, I don't think he was that yeah. bad. He was nominally a producer on it, yeah. <clears throat> but that's about it. It's like that thing you would see all the time, like post 96, where it would be like Wes Craven presents. Yeah. But like, he didn't actually do shit, do yeah. shit with it. Yeah. So, um, right. So that's just a bit of background. We did a basic plot summary. Let's take a deeper walk through the film, shall we? Do you want to get things started, Miss Mel? Sure. So, as we mentioned, the whole setup is what it is. Um, <laughs> now, Clyde, I don't know if we mentioned that his name is Clyde, is the dad's name. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> Clyde <laughs> Brennick. Clyde um, happens upon this weird little box at like a yard sale type deal, like a junk sale, and he thinks it's like a jewelry box or whatever. Um, and he, he gets it for Emily, the younger daughter. Um, and they, when they open it, they find that it's, you know, or I know, I guess she wanted it. She was there and she wanted it. She was like really into it. She was like drawn to the box and he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So he gets it for her and they find these, these Hebrew engravings on the inside. They don't know what it says, obviously. Um, but Emily's like very drawn to the box. And um, when they are able to open it, they find <coughs> weird things in it, like a tooth. And um, there's a dead bug. Um, but most notably, there's a ring inside that Emily immediately is like, I need to wear this. Um, as, you know, children in horror movies are wont to do. And Which, about the fact that like, no one calls her on this lady. That ring is huge. Yeah, no. And she's a small child. Yeah. Well, and no one child. says, no one is like, why are you dragging around like a six pound boulder on your hand? Yeah, no, she was already obsessed with this box, which should have been the, um, you know, the, the, the red flag to begin with that she was like, oh, the box. But, you know, <gasps> when you open it, you find all this weird shit in it. And then she slaps this ring on her hand and, you know, she just sinks right to the bottom of the pool uh, with that on her hand. Um, and obviously in wearing the ring, um, she starts to change Ooh. as we are expecting. And, you know, she gets moody. She like gets kind of violent. She gets combative. Um, she eats pancakes really, really fast. She does. She scarfs them down. Um, you know, and we're going to chalk it up to like, you know, the divorce and the stress, but you know, not the giant ass fucking ring on her hand. Or, you know, the, 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 the box with the Hebrew engravings and all this stuff. Um, but, of course, as these things progress, weird things start to happen in the house as well. Um, obviously centered around Emily's bedroom. Um, and <laughs> this is what begins sort of the, the poster of the movie with the moths flying out of her mouth. Is that we start to, you know, Amityville had flies. The possession has moths. So many moths. <laughs> and there's no real reason ever given why. 
No, no, there isn't. It's like there's weird shit in this there's box. There's a shit ton of moths. And um, I guess it's a moth. The the bug inside is a moth. And it's just there's not really any explanation for the moths. There's no, yeah. There's like, no. I guess we couldn't do flies because that had been done already. I don't know. <laughs> right. For Amityville. Um, but yes, this, but then this strange behavior and all this stuff starts to um, bleed outside of the home into um, school and what happens uh, at school one day Mr. Gregors when she brings the box to school so Emily brings the box to school um, because she's like super attached to it and she doesn't want anybody else to touch it which like a little immature sidebar here oh boy did you like am I the only one that like reverted to being like a total middle schooler when she was like Where's my box? I don't want anybody to touch my box. <laughs> I can touch my box. My box is special. <laughs> don't touch my box, Daddy. <laughs> you know what's funny is the other day at work, we had to pack up our desks because we were getting new desks. So we had to put all our shit in boxes. And it was like a Hunger Games to get boxes because we didn't have a ton. And I <clears throat> claimed two of them and I went to go to the bathroom and I, like, very loudly said on my way to the bathroom, don't touch my box. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it and pretend I didn't say that. And just walk away. Did you do that thing where you, like, kind of stopped and you were like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <And> then- <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't think anyone really reacted to it. So I just kept walking. You had to keep going. <laughs> That's awesome. But yes. Yeah, I was so I was like I was totally giggling like a seventh grader. Like, don't touch my box. I was like, oh, she doesn't want anyone to touch a box. That, that. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So she brings it to school because she can't be without it. Which? Why did she leave it behind at her dad's house then? I don't know. Not Most- not all of this movie makes sense. Because she calls him and she's like, Daddy, has my box okay? (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, whatever. Whatever. So she left it at one point, but she doesn't leave it at this point. She takes it to school and she's being all weird at school with the box. And then another student, a boy, it's another, it's a boy, right? Yeah, it is a boy. Yeah. He takes the box because he wants to see it and she freaks out. Yeah. And um, violently assaults this other child. Um, they start smacking him and stuff, and the teacher has to like pull her away. And so, um, Clyde and what's the mom's name? Stephanie. Here, Cedric. Stephanie are uh, called down. They have to meet with the teacher and the principal, and you know, um, having a conversation about uh, Emily's behavior and uh, you know, oh, are, are there things going on at home and. You know, they have to talk about. Oh well, we're being set. We're we're getting divorced and what have you, and that's hard on her. And then everybody's like, "Yeah, it's super hard on her." <laughs> um, yeah, super hard. Yeah, and it's really only Clyde who starts to suspect that no, this is this is abnormal behavior. Um, you know, even for such a stressful situation as a divorce. And he is attributing it to the box because she's asking about it. She's obsessing about it. No one else is supposed to go near it. It's supposed to touch it. She's in her room with it. (laughs) Mentions the friend that lives in the box. (laughs) (laughs) 
which is never good. <laughs> Especially because she's a little bit old at this point to be... Like, she's a kid, but she's not a super duper... Yeah! What's interesting about this movie is that she's, like, the creepy child cliche, but she's not as young as most creepy children. Yeah. Movie. She's like, I don't know, 11? I'm not, yeah, I'm not very good at guessing ages, which it ironically was like part of my job at Disney World was to guess the ages of kids going on the ride to make sure they weren't like going on without a parent. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's like solidly like beginning of middle school. This not a shit ton of underage kids going. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just gotta let, 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 the, let the cards lie, the, the pieces uh, fall where they will. Fall where they will. Um... <laughs> So. But yeah, so she's not super young. She's definitely too old to be having um, a friend in a box. Yeah. And she's definitely, definitely too old. So, um, the box is, uh, is confiscated because it had been confiscated by the teacher. Because um, she has so. that, you know, that authority to keep it, I guess. <laughs> I think our grade school teachers did stuff no, like that. Yeah, but she, like, keeps it, keeps it. Like, she doesn't... She does, like, keep it. Keep she, like, it. straight up keeps it. She straight up keeps it. And she's um, alone at school at night and for some reason only has, like, this one tiny light on above her desk in, like, the middle of... Like, why are you staying so... Like, you can grade papers at home. Yeah, like, this is... You're not getting paid for this. Yeah, no. And so... And then the box does what the box does and it unleashes things um uh negative force we don't know what it is yet and it kills the teacher um it like flings her around the room and into the chalkboard and then it throws her out the window mm-hmm. yeah um, you know <clears throat> yeah uh, so as like a fuck you you shouldn't have touched my box <laughs> 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 your teacher touches your boss. Oh no! Fight back. <laughs> Fight back, and and the demonic entity does, and it does. So, um, I actually I think it's I think it's at this point where, because Clyde is he takes Emily to like a diner because to talk um, about this. Yeah, because they cancel school because what's her nuts is dead. <laughs> Got thrown uh, out a window by a box for touching yeah, a box for touching a student's box <laughs> for touching a student's box, and he's like, "Oh, do you understand what happened?" And she's like, "Yeah," and <laughs> then it, it somehow comes up. That's when she talks about the friend, yes, in the box, and that the friend tells Emily that she's special, and you know, Clyde is trying to reassure her that. Yeah, like, you are special, you know, like, you're special to me and your mom and your sister. You don't need a box to tell you A special. box to tell you that. And she's just kind of like, fuck you, where's my box? And she wants it back. And she gets very, very upset that she doesn't have it. Um, and that keeps escalating. She's trying to find it in the house. I don't even think. Clyde has it back at this point. No, they, they just kept it at the this kept it at the school. Yeah, she just thinks that he does, and um, <laughs> they get he gets she gets into the screaming match with her father, and she says some really horrible things to him. Um, 
and her desperation to get the box back. And then um, something strange happens where she doesn't exactly hit herself. No, they're like, but the, but the four, the negative yeah. force that is influencing Emily. Yeah, like the 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 energy of the entity, the entity. starts yeah. hitting her. Starts hitting her, and Hannah, <coughs> the older daughter. It is Hannah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, sees this, but from her perspective, it looks as though her father has struck Emily, and so division in the family grows even further and Clyde is put in a very um, precarious and dangerous position because, <coughs> um, excuse me, getting over that cold because he, that, you know, it's not good if you get accused of hitting your child yeah. and whatnot. In the middle so, of a custody divorce. Right. Not good. So the girls go back to stay with mom. There's a lot of back and forth because of the split custody. Um, and Clyde takes this opportunity to recover the box and take it to uh, the local university where he either works or has been offered a job. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, and he meets with uh, a professor of... I guess he's like a religious studies professor yeah, um, or something. And he's like, can you tell me about this box? And what does the professor tell him about the box? So, <clears throat> um, the professor basically is like the box contain. he's like, it's a Dybbuk box, which I don't know if that's a real thing or it's something <laughs> they made up. Dybbuk box like dibbick is a real thing dibbick box don't know if that's real right um but he says it goes back to like the early 19th century early 20th century um and it's used basically to be a prison for a dibbick which is a um like really a demonic entity uh dibbick though it's, it's a hebrew word um so you know it's a jewish demonic entity um which we get a little bit more information from uh, about in a bit um because um, Clyde starts to do more research on this after talking to the professor. Um, and he does that thing where people always try to, they're like, oh, I'm going to read a passage from the Bible and try and banish it myself. Um, doesn't go well for him. At home exorcism. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't go well for him. Um, the, the, the entity attacks him, um, throws the, the, scripture you know across the room it's clearly very serious mm -hmm. so then clyde goes to see uh mattis yahoo <laughs> yeah yep yep yes, he does. <laughs> um he he goes to into brooklyn to um a hasidic jewish community and meets mattis yahoo um playing a character named zadok um who is a rabbi uh, in the community, and he's... Or is he right? Yeah, he's a rabbi. Yeah, he's a rabbi. Um, and he basically is, like, the only person... By day. By day, by night, he's a... By night. He's, he's a rapping fiend. Um, okay. He was really good in this, though. He was. I think this is, like, his only acting credit, too. It's very bizarre. I don't know how he ended up in this movie. Oh, and his I part think... is rather large. It's not even, like, a little cameo. Really... Like, he's got a fairly substantial and it's not, part. Yeah, and it's not, like, a kooky, like, one-off thing or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, with, like it, was, it was serious. Like, there yeah. are humorous parts, but not 
Yeah. It's not like character. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, no, I, I liked him in this. Um, and so Zadok is willing to help, even though he's kind of like reluctant about it. Cause he's like, you know, we don't talk about Dybbuk's, you know, they're, they're not something you talk about in temple or like ever, like they're evil, um, you know, yada, yada. But he explains that there are stages. There's always stages to possession, no matter what ideology you're in. Oh. Um, and he explains the stages, um, and that basically we're about to enter the, the final stage where the, the, the entity and the possessed person will merge, you know, completely and the, the Dybbuk will take over Emily's <clears throat> body, as mm. it were. Um, and he was like, the only way to, to deal with this is to get it back in the box and lock it up. Um, and uh, so they're, they're discussing this, and um, we learn also in our mythologizing the name of the demon is Abizu? Abizu? Abizu. Abizu, um, which is a, if you do a little bit of research. Children. Yes, they refer to it as a taker of children. It is a, um, um, it is a Mesopotamian uh, entity in, in Mesopotamian folklore. Um, it was a demon that was blamed often for miscarriages and like what we know today as like, you know, sudden infant death syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. They blamed this, this entity. Um, so it is, a, it is a thing. Um, but yeah, so we really, so we've got information. Zadok is on the case. He's ready to help with the, um, well, he's reluctantly ready to help with the, um, forced i don't even know it's not really even it's not it's not, not an exorcism i don't know if we have a name for it but the ritual to get the yeah. the, the entity back into the box and seal the box which i they, they also explain to the the hebrew words and the prayers kind of engraved that we're like keeping it locked up um right but yeah so I, just saying it has to look at itself yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it has to. There's like it's weird. <laughs> it's a very involved ritual. Um but in the midst of us getting ready to to do this, um obviously the Dybbuk not super happy about it. Emily takes a turn for the <laughs> dramatic. I was like what's the word? Um Emily takes a turn and ends up at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And what happens at the hospital? So she's clearly not well. The medical team is like, got it. Let's do an MRI. Let's see what the hell is happening. Calm down. It's okay. So they take her into the MRI. Mom is there. Older sister is there. And as the scan is coming through, they see a demonic face. It's like an ultrasound, but different. Yeah. In the MRI scan that is in living within Emily's chest near her heart. And they're like, Hey, don't think that's one of the vital organs. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> you mean your heart doesn't have a face. Why? What? You don't have a dibic next to your lungs. Um, so, Clyde and Zadok pull up to the hospital. They're like, hey, we're here. 
we're going to do whatever the Jewish version of an exorcism is. <laughs> Which I'm like, not really sure there is one. I want to know how much of this was kind of bullshit, honestly. Yeah. And there's not a lot of literature I've realized on the internet about how much of this is bullshit. Because I, I, I rewatched it again last night and I was trying to do like some basic research at work today and I couldn't really come across anything yeah. like super helpful. Or at least nothing that was like, do I trust this source to quote yeah. about so, um, so he's like, Hey, going to exercise your daughter. Kira Cedric's like, great. Let's go in the basement. <laughs> so they, the whole family just picks up Emily and like skedaddles down to the morgue, essentially. Yeah. Nobody on the hospital staff sees or stops them. <laughs> It's like a band of five people carrying a limp 12-year-old <laughs> the hospital all the way to the basement, but whatever. And so they lay her down, and Zadok begins the ritual. He's chanting. He's um, praying. He's doing what needs to be done. He's in the zone. But things aren't going great because, you know, Emily is almost fully possessed now. And so the Dybbuk through Emily attacks everybody present and, you know, going after Zadok and Clyde and there's a struggle and eventually Emily just like flees. And so then we have like this kind of like chase scene sequence um, then we're, good, that's, then we're like possessed chasing, possessed chasing. Then we're in the morgue proper. There's more like struggling and fighting and, and you know, demon sounds and what have you. Um, and then Clyde is, he's kind of has a hold of Emily and he's like screaming and demanding for the Dybbuk to take him as the host instead and to spare his daughter. And, um, you know, very like straight out of the exorcist. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the Dybbuk is like, okay, cool. Great. And hops on over into Clyde. Yes. Um, and so then <coughs> else shows up in the morgue and it's like, Oh, you guys did the switcheroo. Cool. We're still going to do the exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Zadek re, you know, goes back to the ritual. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say exorcism. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. He Zadek finishes the exorcism. The Dybbuk is expelled in a physical form from Clyde's body. It's like this gross, balding, hag-like. Yeah, it's weird creature thing. Starts like crawling around on the floor. Um. And, like, it's, it's basically being forced back into, back into the box. Because, um, you know, we had the box the whole time. Yeah. We've and, had it back but, from the teacher at yeah, some point. I forget when that happened. Everywhere. I don't know why, again, mm-hmm. but there's moths everywhere just because. Um, and so the demon crawls back into the box, and the box is sealed, and all is well. An order is restored, and but I was not possessed, and Emily is not possessed, and oh, the orthodontist boyfriend is dead. 
<laughs> we forgot to mention. Yes. Yeah. He's dead because, and like, because I was like, because I remember, because like they get back together and it's yeah. cliche and gross. And I was like, oh, wait, why they get back together? What happened to the. And then I remembered. So the orthodontist dies before, like, the um, they take Emily to the hospital. Yeah. And it's this, like, it's the one of the, like, what I do give props to this movie for is this death scene because it's so gross and cringy. Like, when his teeth start to fall out. I have so many dreams about my teeth falling out. Yes. That, like, stuff like that is just very, ah. Uh... Yes. It's like, because it means you're, like, nervous or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was a tool, but. He was a hot orthodontist. I mean, what do you. Just watching it. It's like, oh my God. It's like you, you check your teeth, like, to make sure that. They're all there. Um, so yeah, so anyway, that's how he dies. Um, just because, basically. Yeah, we had to get rid of him. Yeah, and then... So the family's like, awesome. Let's not worry about the box. And Zadok is like, I'll worry about the box. And he takes the box, and he gets in his car, and he drives away. And then what happens? So, as all great horror movies are wont to do, um, you get your nice little bloody question mark at the end of everything. Because Zadok is going to take the box and deal with it. Um, And of course, as he's driving to home, I assume, um, uh, he takes Clyde's car, which is strange. It's like a Gatsby situation. Yeah, it is. It's very Gatsby. But he he goes to drive away. I guess he like the idea. He just wants to get the box away from the family. Um, and he gets in a car accident. A truck just smashes him. Uh, he dies like instantly. Of course, the box is flung from the car, um, flies into the embankment or what have you, and is perfectly safe. You know, with the the wreckage in the background, yeah. Um, and you know, our final shot is of that, and you can hear um, there's this like chanting that happened at the very beginning of the movie um, in like Yiddish or Polish or something. Um, you know, and we can hear the demon whispering, and it's like ooh, and uh, that's ooh. how it ends. Yes, wide open for an unnecessary sequel. Yes, that did. Was there a sequel? There wasn't a sequel. There was not a sequel. They were they were thinking about it though. Surprisingly, and so in my research in the background of this film, because as I said, I'm pretty sure most of it's bullshit, and from what I can tell, most of it is bullshit. Dibbics are a thing, um, but as far as I can tell, in it's not like you know how. In, I guess in sort of Christian traditions, you've got, you know, this pan- pa- pantheon of, of demonic figures that can possess different people and have names. And, you know, the Prince of Snakes and all that shit, and the Marquis of Snakes right. and all that shit. Um, Dybbuk is just a folkloric evil spirit um, meant to be. It's a dislocated soul of somebody who has passed. Um, we all, everyone's... I, various cultural ideologies, I think, have some version of this. Um, it's more folkloric than yeah, mythical. yeah, or or highly religious at all. Um, yeah. And Sam Raimi talking about it was like, yeah, like we never talked about Tibbets in synagogue. So he was like, we did some research, and basically, um, 
yeah, like came up with this thing that's kind of rooted in like an interesting take on like, oh, let's, let's look at the Jewish perspective of this because we always look at the Catholic version, um, but it kind of goes off the rails, I feel like. Right, because, I mean, aside from like them going to a Hasidic rabbi mm -hmm. instead of a Catholic priest, yeah. like there's nothing about this that makes it different than any other demonic possession yeah. story. You know, there's, yeah. nothing about, there's nothing about it that like like gives it like a Jewish. Flavor. No, the family isn't even Jewish. It's not even That's like it's a Jewish family. Uh, you know, and I was you know, and I, the, the thing about horror too is like you know, like you can totally do things where you talk about like the hardship right you know like um there's this graphic novel came out called infidel that's about xenophobia and it's a haunted house story about ghosts that um like thrive off xenophobia and this this uh, muslim woman living in a predominantly white neighborhood like has to deal with that it's like that's really interesting sure. if you're gonna do stuff with this you could you know very much um like, you know, do something with, you know, the fact that there's, like, this crazy, sad history of, you know, the Jewish people. Um, but no, they don't do that. It's basically just Jewish The Exorcist. Yeah. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but, it, but again, yes, like, yeah, it's not, like, there's no reason it had to be a Dybbuk and not a demon. Yeah. Um, you could like, literally yeah. replace a couple words in this and it's the same. Exactly, exactly. Same Which thing. is the same. Um, there was a movie a couple years before this, The Unborn. Yes. And they had a dibbing in it, too. That movie's really bad, but it's, like, fun yeah. bad. Yeah, no, it is. And, like, they don't go much into the mythology in that one. It's kind of just they use, yeah. they borrow the term. Yeah, they um, use the term. And, she, and then she also, Odette Yusman, who's in the star of that movie, the character goes to a rabbi, too. Yeah. Um, so occasionally but, it pops up, but... But yeah, but for but for all that, like kind of like we said at the beginning, like this, it's it's still an okay movie. It's not a yeah. bad movie. Oh yeah, no, it's not. It's it's entertaining. It's got a nice mood to it. It's just like oh, like you had such a, um, like a such a springboard there that you didn't you didn't yeah. do. So yeah, yeah. But like special effects are pretty good. Yeah, you know all those moths are. All those moths, like, <laughs> I mean, if you're a wool sweater, you're going to be terrified of this. You are going to get eaten up by, by uh -huh. the moths. They do claim that there was some, uh, some and, um, shenanigans on set. <clears throat> they claim there was shenanigans on yeah. set. Oh, and that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> this was one of those which was always happening in the early 2010s and still happens. I mean, like, always. It was like... At, at this point, if you come up at the beginning of the credits and you say based on a true story, yeah, we don't believe that anymore. Yeah, no. No one believes. Stop tacking that on. Yeah. Unless it's, le like, legitimately, like, you're showing me the documentary of, like, a, some, like it, it's like a snuff film. Like, you're showing me someone dying. <laughs> I don't want to see that in front of movies anymore. <clears throat> right? Like, and I also could not find, like, really anything about what the hell this was supposedly based on. That I think it's on. just the mythology of, like... This, yeah, and this specific like Mesopotamian um, entity that they named their their Dybbuk. Ridiculous. Yeah. 
But yeah, they they claimed yes. So that that was a thing, and then you know they claimed that there was like um, like uh, the director said like neon lights would constantly burst and 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 stuff on set, and um, there was like a fire like five days after they finished production, um, like the whole storage house burned down, and they didn't find the cause. And it's like okay, this was fun when the Exorcist and the Omen talked about it, but like, yeah, I was gonna say that sound like exactly to stories of what happened on set with the Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, like shit happens on film sets. Yeah, so. Um, we did an episode about that too. Cursed horror movies. Go yes. find it if you haven't listened to that. This is not really one of them. This is not really one of them because I don't know if any of these are stories are substantiated. I mean, I'm sure they. I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it happened. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there was a fire. It's just, it's just not as interesting. Yeah. I don't. There's fires sometimes. <laughs> sometimes in life there are fires. Um. But yeah, like even the idea of the Dybbuk box. Like I couldn't find anything that. You know claim that that was a that was based on anything um i mean i'm sure you know like in the the vaporous sort of like umbrella sense like asher like everyone's kind of got this idea of like you know like dream catchers and and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing so yeah like yeah sure probably there's a version of that um but there also like you know wasn't anything concrete to really tie to tie it all together you know Yeah. yeah Somewhat like yeah, I know. Sorry, like to our Jewish listeners <laughs> and anyone else celebrating Hanukkah that this is the movie. <laughs> just wait until next year we do. But wait, the, the horror yeah, film exactly. <clears throat> entitled Hanukkah. I mean, filmmaker, you can tap into this uncharted territory. Yeah, for your market, Hanukkah Make horror. Hanukkah horror. And give us something to talk about in the years to come on Spider Chatter. Oh, yeah. Um, but still, we spun it, and we spun it well, I think. Yes. With our Jewish angle. Um, it's a decent, it's a decent rental for a couple bucks. Yeah. On or yeah. on cable and stuff or whatever. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is hot. <laughs> you know. Kirk is. As Clyde. Very wide mouth. And, um, <laughs> no. I thought it was, I thought it was, um. I thought it was actually pretty well written. Like, like they were very believable to me as a family. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it was written by the couple that did um, Ouija, which, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Ouija was what it was. Yeah. The second one was better. Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Coming at you. Coming at you. Coming at you. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Wow. Anything else that we feel that we need to say about the possession or dibix <laughs> just you know or, or boxes or box or boxes um there's a lot to be said about that but no <laughs> all right well if you guys want to get in touch with us and be like hey actually there's this hidden hanukkah horror gem that you should know about or if you want to talk about the possession or other holiday horror of any kind um, as we move into December, there's lots of ways you can get in touch with us. And Miss Mel, if you would be kind enough to let them know about those different ways, that would be great. Yes, <clears throat> I can. So it's on Twitter at splatterchatter 666 uh, minus all the vowels. Um, if that's too difficult, just search it. It will pop right up. Gmail, tricky one, splatterchatter 669 
at gmail.com. Uh, Lindsay is doing the heavy lifting on that one. Thank right. you, Lindsay. We're struggling. Um, uh, splatterchatter.tumblr.com, splatterchatter666 on Instagram, Craig's blog, couldn't think of the word, is splatterchatter666.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. He has more fun things to tell you. And if you're feeling the spirit this holiday season and you want to show your love for the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash splattershatter666. There's all sorts of information over there about the show and myself and Miss Mel, as well as information on how you can become a patron and donate to the show and the various rewards that we offer you for becoming a patron. Mm-hmm. If you're a little cash strapped this season, you got to buy for like 50 different people um, this this. Uh, holiday time that's totally okay you can also show your love to the show by giving us a rating and a review on itunes and stitcher and soundcloud all of these things help keep us you know and search results and algorithms for people that are looking for horror podcasts and we'll take those just as we much as we will take any financial contributions to the show pay me with attention and love yes yes so that is going to wrap up episode 57, the first installment of our holiday horror series. We want to wish all of you that are celebrating a very happy Hanukkah. When, <laughs> you know, about Dybbuk's and stuff. Happy Hanukkah. Yes, no Dybbuk's for your Hanukkah. None at all. And when we next speak to you guys, um, it will be our Christmas installment for holiday horror and we're going to be taking a look at one of my favorite horror movies of all time black christmas yes he's very excited about it very excited and as i said i think way back in episode one if you come at me with the remake i will destroy you it will be a point of discussion (laughs) (laughs) so if you haven't seen black christmas give that a watch and um enjoy this time of year i know it can be very stressful for a lot of people out there just got the, got the got the holiday scaries yeah the holiday scaries just take it it's like sunday day. scary every day i know but it's gonna be okay there's there's so much holiday horror out there i mean mostly christmas horror you know there's plenty of plenty of movies to watch mm-hmm. take some time watch a good holiday horror if you need to take a break And for now, we're going to say keep up the creep. Don't let the holiday season get too cheery. Keep up the creep. And we'll say au revoir, adios, and das Bye, you guys. Bye.